Welcome to I Missed It, the show where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan, and I missed it. I'm Brittany, and I didn't. And we are on Buffy, Season 2, Episode 6, Halloween. That was my uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine impression of of Captain Ray Holt saying Halloween. Okay. And it was not very good, but I'm going to leave it in. I didn't know what it was, so thank you for telling me what you were. Well, I'm pretty sure when he does that, it's an impression of something else. Probably. But who knows? It's Brooklyn Nine-Nine, everything is an impression or a callback to something. Yeah. But we are on the Halloween episode of Buffy Season 2. IMDB says, on Halloween, Buffy and her friends patronize an unusual costume shop where customers turn into whatever costume... They are wearing. I'm going to give it a solid eight, maybe an eight and a half. It's the best Buffy we've seen in a while, but that's not saying that much. Yeah, I I would probably give it like an eight. It's decent. I don't hate it. Well, IMDb gives this one a nine. This is a solid nine. I feel like everything on, on Internet Movie Database, though, like... It's very rare that you get stuff that's, like, below a 7, which I think a 7 is high. Like, a 7 out of 10, that, to me, seems like a pretty decent episode. Let's put it this way. IMDb thinks that this episode, this 9.0, is the best episode so far. It is the highest rated so far. Gotcha. I don't it, think it's it the best the episode so far. It is the first 9 and as I look ahead in season two, there is a 9.3. I think the finale. That's one of the Innocence. Mm-hmm. In this one. It's the mid-season. Passion is 9.4. And then the two finales are 9.2 and 9.6. So there yeah. are some really good ones coming up. I but was going to say Becoming, I think, is in the nines. But then we also have an episode entitled Go Fish coming up. I like that episode. It is a 6.6. Wentworth Miller is in that episode. <laughs> Um, there's also an episode coming up called Bad Eggs. I hate that episode. That's a 6.4. It sucks. It's a terrible. If we could skip it, I would skip it. Well, we are on Halloween, the 9.0, and uh, let's jump right off the bat with an angel sighting because he is in there at the three-minute mark, and then he is there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I was unconvinced that this was Angel when he first appeared on screen because he was, in fact, not wearing black. I literally put that I forgot that he was in the Angel was on a very light shirt and even put that his outfit is not Angel. Like, he does not look like Angel. He was dressed up for a date, I guess. <laughs> and not black. He was wearing a light blue button up. Yeah. Like he was he, also. Like chuckling at Cordelia, Angel doesn't chuckle. Yeah, it was strange. It was strange. Yeah, I was not a huge fan of that choice, but on the flip side, I loved it. 
it made me think of Booth sitting in the diner. Yeah. And uh, talking with one of the three serial killers that worked for Bones at one point or another. Which yeah. is a whole nother thing. You know? Yeah. That outfit and his whole demeanor was very Booth. Yeah. Which is not uh, is not, not a character angel. that exists yet. Correct. So the episode was decent. It was pretty good. It had a lot of good moments. Um, mm-hmm. And then it had the shtick of everyone wasn't themselves in one way or another. Well, I say everyone. Uh, Buffy, Xander, and Willow all, were all affected. Yeah. And, and then the rest of the world. But that doesn't matter because we only care about the characters yeah. that are named. So what did you remember from this episode? Uh, I remembered basically everything. There were there was not a lot that I forgot about. Like the whole beginning where Buffy is fighting the vampire and like the pumpkin patch area thing. And she's throwing like a gourd and a pumpkin at the vampire. Which was odd. It was very odd, but it was also the best fight choreography we've seen. Yeah. I mean, it was it was done well. It just, she threw the pumpkin at him, and I was like, I remember that. That's weird. Yeah. It was very much a, hey, it's Halloween. We're going to have a fight in the pumpkin patch. We graduated from graveyards. I'm sure we'll go back next episode. We always do. But we're in a pumpkin patch now, and if we're in a pumpkin patch, you're yes. going to throw some pumpkins. Yeah. Because you'll never get to do it again. Right. Yeah. I remembered that. I remembered the vampire filming Buffy fighting for Spike. I loved that. Yes. That's the... That's not the best part of this episode, but I really liked it. Because Mm -hmm. it showed such an in-depth understanding of who Spike is. Yeah. Without him even having to say anything. Yeah. And it's like a complete explanation of how he himself as not this very strong extraordinary vampire like he's kind of just an average everyday vampire there's nothing honestly that's more powerful about him than any other vampire but shows how this ordinary vampire has been able to kill two slayers yeah do your homework kids yeah get the game footage Mm-hmm. Put in the time in the film room, and uh, you too can become the starting quarterback for the Sunnydale Razorbacks? Yeah. Pigs. The pigs. The Sunnydale <laughs> Herberts. <laughs> Poor Herbert. Rip Herbert. <laughs> but yeah, I'm probably also going to get crap for the fact that I said Spike's an ordinary vampire, but you know. Well, as far as I know, he's just uh, he's just really good at being a vampire. Yeah, there's nothing, like, you have to think about it, like, there's nothing actually about him that makes him spectacular. Well, he's old at this point. Yeah, he's younger than um, Angel, but not by a lot, maybe. Which makes him older than most of the other vampires. Yeah. Like, it seems like vampires don't actually live that long on average. Not really. I remember... Them being forced to take little kids trick-or-treating. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. It might just be a byproduct of the times, but 
you don't do that today. You don't sign your kids up to be taken trick-or-treating by a stranger. No, because it's literally they dropped the kid off in costume at the high school. Yeah. And then came back and picked them up several hours later that evening, that night. Yeah. Apparently your kid goes out trick-or-treating at some point during all of this. Yep. That was strange. With a random high school student. Yeah, that's not going to happen today. Nope. It's like so far off from what happens today. Yeah. That it wouldn't even be considered as a, what if we use this as a plot point moment? Like, they wouldn't even (laughs) consider it. In the writer's room. It's not like, oh, we can't do that. It's not even something that happens. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's very strange. Um, you also don't have, uh, I'm going to call him physically aggressive Principal Snyder. I literally just wrote down that Principal Snyder is the worst. He's, okay, he's just, <laughs> he grabbed the girl by the arm, not anybody that we know. Mm-hmm. And, like, forced her to sign up and volunteer for this thing. Yeah. And he's constantly forcing people to do things and, like, threatening with expulsion at one point. That was the, an entire episode of the um, the parent night or whatever. Yeah. was threatening Buffy with expulsion if she didn't pull this whole event together. Yeah. I don't know if... I just wanted to say it wouldn't happen now because I don't like it and it just wouldn't happen now. Or if it's just, wow, this is awful. I really yeah. hope this was awful back then, too. Yeah. I hope so, too. I know a lot of, like, teen dramas and stuff always have to have either the really awful teacher or authority figure or parent or something. Like, there's always someone that is just awful and there's nothing around it like there's no redeeming quality in them whatsoever like i'm thinking like one tree hill and dan scott (laughs) bro murders his brother in cold blood (laughs) i'm watching smallville the terrible person lionel luther yeah yeah he's got great hair though oh he's so good everything about john glover is amazing he's very good i would not trade anything the parts that i've seen of smallville so far as you've had it on has really just made me go i don't really care about this but i would watch the luther show oh my god yes i would watch the lionel and lex show yep that one i'd watch it would probably be one season and it would end poorly but i would watch it they're so good wrote down Xander as the damsel but like when Larry who I forgot came up this soon that Larry like insulted Buffy and Xander got all manly to him and then Buffy saved Xander from Larry and then he got really pissy. Xander? Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to do a good thing. Yeah, I completely He's understand. He's like trying to stand up for his friend. Like, don't talk about my friend that way. Yeah. And then the friend showed up and ended the situation. Yeah. I think this is the pivotal moment when Xander stops 
the crush on Buffy. Oh, thank God. Don't quote me on it because thank I'm not God. positive, but I think that's the moment. I enjoyed Xander this episode. Yes. Because he wasn't Xander for large parts of it, but I also enjoyed the parts where he was Xander because he was a good friend. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he was a good friend, and that was all it was. And it doesn't need to be more than that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Are we done with... No, we still gotta... Okay. Nicholas Brennan was top-notch in this episode. Yeah. I also... That whole scene with the book and them trying to get the angel book from the library, and then Willow and Buffy in the bathroom. Oh, I'm so mad about that whole I, bit. I remember that. Because they were like, okay... All right, so I'm over the Buffy Angel drama, and it's only episode six. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Okay. But Buffy and Willow were laying out all the reasons why they shouldn't go steal the Watcher journals or the Watcher files or Mm -hmm. the... I'm really trying hard to not call them the W files. Okay. Like X files. Oh, okay, okay. But the W files for Watcher. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. The joke maybe landed we'll see in the edit anyway you explained it so i get it but they talked about these journals and i was like oh can we get those i want to see those what are those like i want that lore let's explore that and then they listed all the reasons why they shouldn't do it and then they did the thing anyway which is just a thing that happens on the show constantly (laughs) then they do the whole thing where Buffy distracts Giles and it's kind of funny and it works and it's whatever and then they get the journal and they get away and they look at it and all they do is stare at like a poor drawing of a woman in a dress. She doesn't even have a face. Like are you kidding? You've got this repository of knowledge Yeah. and all you're doing is projecting onto this poorly drawn stick figure. Yeah. I don't understand. That was the whole point of why they wanted it though. Buffy wanted to know the kind of Women that Angel supposedly grew up around. And then go liked. check out a history book. You'd think so. Go get a book about the 1770s. You'd think so. It's fine. Also, that should have been a European. Right? What? The girl that she turned into. Yeah. That wanted to be. Should have been vaguely European in some way. I'm pretty sure that she started trying she, uh, to be. She tried. It didn't work. Because <laughs> I even wrote that she, I remembered the bad accent, and then the accent went away, so I, like, crossed it out, and I was like, did I just forget? I was ready to give SMG credit for the accent, because when it first started, it was just barely there, and there was just the trace amount of it, and it kind of came out, and it kind of didn't. The first couple of lines was like, oh, you're really just doing like a very light thing and it's just the right amount and it's perfect. Okay, that's great. And then it kept going and it got worse and worse or then it got better and it faded. I'm like, oh, no, you just don't have any idea what you're doing. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing and you shot the other scene two days ago and you don't remember what to do. Yeah. Oh, that's where we are. And clearly the director didn't know what they were doing either. Right. Because it's not like she has to say three lines in this accent. She was in this accent all week. And it comes and goes, and it's not great, and oh boy, it wasn't good. Yeah. On the flip side, Nicholas Brennan proved again that he can just pitch his voice to a different timber or a different uh, 
stage and pull off of a completely different character. Yeah. So he did that in the uh, Hyena episode. Because that's <laughs> a thing that never, happened. I feel like you talk about how much you did not like that episode, but we've talked about it in other recordings at least three other times. <laughs> I love that that episode exists. <laughs> And that I am making a podcast where I get to rant about it. Yeah. I will never watch that episode again. Oh, I like that episode. No, Nicholas Brennan is very, very good. I will probably good. watch that episode again for something. Yeah. No, Nicholas Brennan is very, very good. He played, he was in private practice and he played a character who try, who tried to or successfully raped one of the girls and oh, it was so good. <laughs> He was very good. That's a good Obviously. That's a good uh, disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> Differentiate between those two. Yes. next segment is a uh, side character shout out and um, mine is obviously and has to be Ethan Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who this guy is but I want to know more. He's friends with Giles. He's friends with Giles. Or was friends with Giles. That's all I need to know yeah. because uh, Giles has backstory and backstory is interesting um, but this guy was very good. Yeah. Robin Sachs is this guy's name. He was in Jurassic World too. He was in The Lost World. Good for him. He was Mr. Bowman. Uh, this guy, Ethan Rain, is terrifying, and I love it. He is the uh, flip side of the coin to Giles. He's what the Watcher could be if the Watcher wanted to dabble in different things and affect change on their own and maybe go down the dark path. It's great. Did you hear what Ethan called Giles? He, I caught that he called him something. I was too busy watching Giles beat the crap out of him. Yeah, I completely forgot that he, like, beat him up. Oh, it wasn't <laughs> even a contest. It was just, he just beat the crap out of him. Yeah, but I no. forgot. What did he call him? Uh, he called him Ripper. That's right, because I was like, oh, it's Jack the Ripper. No, that's not right. Yeah, but they called him Ripper, which Ethan does come back. I don't remember how many times, but he comes back. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because there was clearly more there. I didn't know if we were going to get another Joss Whedon special of, look, I'm foreshadowing something that will never happen. No, he will. He comes back. I don't know when he comes back or how many times, but he does come back. I'm pretty sure we get a, at least a little bit about Giles, his then nickname Ripper, but I don't remember like, I don't remember any of that lore or backstory, but I'm pretty sure we get more. And that's not just a foreshadowing thing that doesn't come back. That'd be good. It was all yeah. there, though. So yeah. it's all there. It's all interesting. It's all plot I want. All yep. the Giles. Because right now, I want the Giles backstory and everything there. And then I want to know more about Spike and Drusilla. Hmm. And then Angel's backstory is obviously all connected to that. Yeah. Like, those are the two things I want. Yep. Buffy can go away. Yeah. Cordelia can definitely go away. 
Cordelia is getting more story coming up soon. I don't know if I'm happy about that or not. I like Cordelia. I think that she's much easier to tolerate in Angel than in Buffy. Gotcha. She has to change eventually. She's here for too long to not change. Like, so much so that, like, I kind of liked her in Buffy. I, I love her in Angel. But the 100th episode of Angel is centered around Cordelia. And it's probably my favorite episode between both Buffy and Angel. Well, there you go. And it... I don't think I've ever cried more in an episode of anything than that episode of Angel. It's so good. My favorite line uh, is usually funny, uh, but I think my favorite line was actually the line that Xander delivered after uh, Buffy saved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, a black eye is temporary, cowardice has a shelf life of forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really good to hear Xander in in that moment not make a joke or not try to laugh anything off, but like actually take things seriously yeah. and realize... Yes, we're talking about, like, oh, this is my reputation because a girl saved me. Everybody think I'm a coward. Like, that's a whole other thing. That's not what I'm concerned about. That he has the foresight and the vision to say, look, I've got one thing. I know I've got one thing. Let me have it, please. Yeah. And not just make a joke or throw it away and not just be the funny guy, but also try to contribute something. Yeah. And then later he was they were in they were all together in the costume shop and Buffy said something to him and he was like, Nope, not joking. Yes, it was great. Um character growth on this show has been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um we get like we get it and then it goes away. Yeah. And then later on we go, Oh, we have to do this again so that they look, they are growing, they have continued to grow. Like, at the end of this episode, at the end of Halloween, um, the five main characters, not counting Angel, the five main humans, I guess, have all shown some sort of growth in Mm -hmm. this episode. Yes. We just talked about Xander's, and at the end of it, he says to Cordelia, you're never going to get between Buffy and Angel. Live with it. I am too. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Trust me. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, Buffy. Shows immense character growth at the end. Mm-hmm. With all the drama with Angel, but also in, like, the accepting who she is and being okay with who she is. Willow, same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Humongous character growth at the end. She's literally... She literally goes from a ghost to being comfortable wearing what she wants or yeah. doing whatever she wants. Giles? It's not really character growth as much as we see other parts of him. Yeah. Um, but it's seeing different aspects of the character. And if Cordelia goes with them, I mean, she didn't have to go with them. Yeah. I mean, and there's times where she helps helpless Buffy. Yeah. Right? And she, um, 
she had a lot of really subtle things, and maybe it's just I'm noticing it because I've seen this episode a million times, um, but really subtle things where Xander said something, and she, like, looked at him in this way, in, like, a weird, like, confused way, and then she was like, no, he's right, and then, like, follows what he does. Like, she gives, like, really subtle, like, oh, Xander knows what he's doing. Oh, hey, Xander. Like, she does a lot of, like, things to Xander this in, like, this episode that I noticed. That I never noticed before. I'm just concerned, giving the history of this show, the track record so far, that when we kick up the next episode, all of that growth goes away. Yeah. Because it is a 20-plus episode season, and they have a lot of filler episodes. Yeah. Um... Like, this season and story is clearly about the Spike stuff and the Angel stuff. Yeah. They haven't been there for a couple of episodes. And they were bad episodes. Now they're back. Great. Can we have more of this? Well, I'm going to guess we got to wait a couple episodes again. Yeah. move on to Bobby's casual and inconsistent strength, um, which doesn't really happen in this episode because she's not Buffy for most of the episode. Yeah. Uh, however, we can talk about Buffy's casual and inconsistent hair. I'm pretty sure she got a haircut before this episode. I have no idea. I think her hair was shorter, but I think they, but then they wig her for the whole thing. Yeah. So her hair probably needed to be shorter for the wig. But Mm -hmm. then she literally, the wig that she's wearing as the 1700s noblewoman or whatever, it just comes down. Yeah, like it's up. When she... When she's Buffy. Transforms from Buffy to other girl. Yeah. You just let the wig down. That's not how wigs work. No. Because wigs are meant to be a certain way and they're already styled. Yep. Uh, Also, thankfully, um, you know, costumes at uh, costume shops just uh, and Halloween stores just fit you off the rack. Yeah. (laughs) So that's good. Thankfully, that dress fit Buffy. Because they had like 24 hours to get a costume. Uh, Yeah. Also... I still don't understand why Xander was affected because he wasn't wearing a costume from the costume shop, from the Halloween shop. He I, just had the prop. I think it was supposed to be because the prop was in his hand and the prop changed. I guess the rules of this episode, while interesting, were inconsistent. Yes, because can we talk about how the vampire got in her house? Yeah, the vampire got in her house. See, they can't do that. Yeah, and she they made a point in. of showing that the door was cracked open, and then Angel says, I didn't leave that open. Yeah. And they had a shot of the door, like a cutaway. And then, oops, vampires in the house. Yeah, the only time that can, vampires can get in someone's house is, one, if they're invited in by the person who lives there, or if the person who lives there is dead so that's telling us that buffy and joyce 
are considered dead. Yeah. Now, important clarification, because they made a point of saying that Joyce was not home. Yeah. Vampires can't get in your home just if you're not there. Correct. Okay. Even then, still in effect. Yeah. Like, if Spike went to her house when when no one's there, he's... He still can't get in. He still can't get in. He can only get in if he's invited in by Joyce or Buffy. Because it's their home. Yeah. And right now, Joyce does not know that Buffy's the Slayer. So it's super easy for a vampire to get into her home. Which is not ideal for business. Correct. There's a really good scene later. I don't remember if it's this season or if it's next season. But there's a really good scene between... Joyce and Spike later. Like, it's a really good scene. Gotcha. I suppose one of my side character shout-outs would be Drusilla. God, she's riveting. Yes. She talked about visions, and I do remember Drew having visions. Um, but, yeah, she's so good that, like, her doing all of that, like, I'm super uncomfortable and, like... It's so good. Sk- like, skeeved out, but, like, in a good way. Like, I'm not mad it's that I'm uncomfortable. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, you can f- watch her... Just go. Like, she just goes. And then um, James Marsters, who plays Spike, plays off of it so well. And they work together so well. Yeah. But she is raising the bar and she is setting it high. And it's up to everybody else on the show to go, oh, we have to show up for work today? Yeah. I don't... Yes, yes, you do now. I don't know if I hope more that... They cast them very particularly and, like, had a bunch of people do screen tests together and chemistry tests and all of that. Or if I hope they cast them separately and we're just like, we really like her and we really like him. We'll see how they go together and just put them in front of a camera. I'm going to guess that's what happened because that's usually what happens. Uh Uh-huh. I wish uh, option one is what happened because... That's what uh, that's what it should be more is actually right. like searching and finding the right people that work together that are right for the role, but also work together really well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but they they're they're very good, and I know that both of them were I think only brought on as guest stars for a couple of episodes or just for this season, but they were they're pretty much in it for the long haul i think james marsters is i don't remember how long drusilla is in there but they're very good yeah um i also put the transition the scene where the spell like takes place and the children are at that old lady's house yeah that was good and they literally just change Mm -hmm. From children to demons is so good. I love it. That old lady, uh, the actress, was uncredited. Her name is Marjorie Lovett. Love it. 
Um, she is apparently still alive and kicking. Good for her. Good. She would be 88. 87, 88, somewhere in there. She did not have to show up for work that day, but she did. Yes. We applaud you for it. Marjorie, love it, wherever you are. It was so good. Um. <laughs> she was also in Tootsie. Perfect. Oh! She was in an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Was she the woman that that um he sleeps with? The, um... Oh my gosh, the nanny that he sleeps with? No. Oh. Um, no, she was... It doesn't say which episode, but she was Aunt Muriel. So that would be... Oh, that's the episode in the very last season where all the uh, elderly relatives show up for the wedding. Oh, okay. And they're all zombies or whatever. One of uh, Well, they're not zombies, but they treat them like that for the episode. When they say Barry Manilow or whatever it is? Yes. and they, Yeah. And then... Okay. One of those was Aunt Muriel. Okay. To go off of the children turning into demons, Spike befriends child demons. Spike does do that, um, which is a little bit troubling uh, based on what he did to the uh, last what? child demon. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Like, he's, like, sauntering up to that place that Buffy and the Scoobies went and... You just see behind him all of these children demons. I forgot that happened, but I thought it was amusing. A couple of tidbits here. The IMDb page. One about the uh, accidental vampire entrance. Uh, this uh, defends it by claiming that it's not actually a vampire, but rather a high school student who has transformed into the monster he was dressed as for Halloween. Presumably, the laws which prevent real vampires from entering a house uninvited do not apply in this case, is the defense. I don't know if I agree with it, because dude's still a vampire. Yeah, and... The outfit wouldn't make sense with how high schoolers dress as vampires. He was wearing a very puffy shirt. Like a pirate-esque shirt. Willow remarks that in 1775, Angel was 18 and still human. It is later established that he was born in 1727 and became the vampire known as Angel in 1753. Interesting. So, they're a little off there. They retcon that. Yeah. Uh, during the opening fight sequence, when Buffy stabs the vampire with the signpost, she misses his heart by a noticeable margin. Like the time that they tried to kill Jesse and stabbed him in the collarbone. Yep, and that killed him. Also, they tried really hard. Well, Allison Hannigan tried really hard to be a ghost and not affect things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody else tried really hard for that because yeah. there are several times where she would brush something or she moves and the the breeze catches something because of her moving or there yeah. are foot you get footsteps of her walking and it's like no you're a ghost why are we yeah. hearing you walk yeah she worked really hard to not like touch anything and keep her body to herself oh man 
<laughs> All right, we'll see if this is right or not. Vampires cast no reflection. Yeah. Since video cameras use mirrors as part of their focusing method, vampires would not show up on a videotape. I guess. It feels like a little bit of a stretch just to find something to poke at. Yeah. But that's not uh, totally wrong. Nope. I guess we should also mention that this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is absolutely sponsored by Diet Dr. Pepper. (laughs) And Coke. And Coke. I also, I had that it was probably the funniest part was Willow walking into the library or wherever she scared Giles. It was very good. Anthony Stewart had is very, very good. And it was great. It's just a good moment. <laughs> it was a good moment. Yeah. And off also off of Giles and Anthony Stewart had been very good is when Buffy tells him that Miss Callender said you were a babe. A babe? I can live with that. I can live with that. It's a very good line. I also had a thing that I liked that it was a really good juxtaposition. Is that how you say it? Sure. <laughs> sure. Side by side thing. It was whatever. Comparison? That comparison. Yes. Um, w- the Buffy and Angel scene at the end, whenever the camera was on Buffy, her face was very lit up. And whenever it was on Angel, it was lit up only enough so that you could make out that it was Angel. It's like they have money to buy lights now. Yeah. It was it was just really good. They got that season two money. Yeah, I know. It's a real thing. But we did get Oz back. The scene between Oz and Cordelia was actually really good. Because he just didn't take her crap? Yeah. Yep, it was great. Oz is my new favorite. Have you seen whatever she calls him? We we just... Yeah, but I think he's just going by Devin now. That's a good bit. And we're getting closer to him meeting Willow. Alright, as this episode comes to a close, we've got one more segment here. Ryan predicts poorly, and I predict... That in episode 7, Oz will get exactly 1 minute and 47 seconds of screen time. Which I think would be an improvement. He's going to say, who is that girl? Four times? At least, minimum. (laughs) Well, that's it for Buffy Season 2, Episode 6, Halloween. Uh, You can check us out on Twitter at IMissedItPod. And then we are also uh, part of the Ghostlight Media Network. You can find all of those podcasts over at ghostlightmedia.net. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And that's all for this episode. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget, Anthony Stewart Head absolutely can and will kick the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Without breaking a sweat.
This has been a Ghostlight Media production.
This has been a Ghostlight Media production.